All right, everybody, we are, uh, we are back. Still a, lot of, uh, still a lot of great show coming up, uh, so stick around. But recently, I have to mention this, we had some very exciting news here at the Late Night Show. One of our own has been nominated for a Grammy Award. That's right. I'm talking about our good friend Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Yeah, this is big. Believe it or not, uh, Triumph received, we're not making this up, Triumph received a Grammy nomination for his debut album, Come Poop With Me. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, that's some, that's, it's just uh, proving that just class lasts. And, uh, well, obviously, we were all thrilled for Triumph. Couldn't wait to see him on the Grammys. In fact, Warner Brothers, Triumph's record company, asked the CBS network if Triumph could be one of the presenters on the show, because that's normally what happens. People who are up for a Grammy usually present. Get this. CBS said no. That's right. They thought Triumph was, quote, too unpredictable for a live, primetime, family-orientated broadcast. Well, I'm sorry, but I think this is an outrage. I can think of no one, no one, better suited to be a presenter on a primetime award show than Triumph, the insult comic dog. In fact, we wanted to show CBS what a colossal mistake they've made by allowing Triumph tonight to do a practice Grammy Award presentation right here on our show. We're practically live. So uh, is that cool with you? We'll do it right now. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, to, uh, to help Triumph demonstrate his professionalism, we've enlisted the legendary frontman for the cars, Rick Okasik. He's going to be co-presenter. And uh, let's do this right now. Take a look. Presenting the award for Best Song of the Year, here's the card, Rick Ocasek and Triumph, the Insult Comic Dog. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, yes. It's great to be out here with a bona fide rock legend like Rick Ocasek. Well, you know, it's not surprising that we're presenting together, Triumph. Uh, after all, you know how much dogs like to chase cars? <laughs> Thanks, Rick. And like your great song, that was just what I needed. Who the hell writes this? <laughs> this is like, it makes me long for Hollywood Square. Triumph, come on, just take it easy. We're trying to show that you're professional. Come on. Are you kidding me? This banter is about as smooth as my poop after a peanut binge. <laughs> Triumph, look what you did. You blew it. No, no, I can do it. I can do this. Give me another shot. Please, go on then, All please. All right, I'll give you another shot if you say so. Can we try this again, Joel? Presenting the award for Best Song of the Year, Cars frontman Rick Ocasek and Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Thank you, everyone. It's so great to be presenting with the real legend here, Rick Ocasek, yes. Well, it's not surprising that we're presenting together, Triumph. Uh, after all, you know how much uh, dogs like to chase cars. <laughs> Rick, even better the second time. The <laughs> uh, uh, nominees for Song of the Year are uh, The Reason by Hoobastank. Hey, Hoobastank! You suck! Triumph, come on! Uh, for Yeah by Usher. Yeah by Usher? Come on, that song stinks worse than Kirstie Alley's bidet. Oh, for God's sake. I'm sorry. Well, what did I do? Triumph, that's it. What did I do? Rick put me up to it. It's his fault. No, I didn't. I didn't put you up to oh, it. Oh, come on. Look, give me one more chance. Olive oil took the bus all the way from Soho. All right, all right. I 
promise I can do it right. Triumph, triumph. You can have one more chance, but we're running out of time. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Joel. Let's do it. And now, once again, Rick Ocasek and Triumph, the insult comic door. Thank you, everyone. It's great to be here with a bona fide rock legend like Rico Kasich. Um, that's Rico Kasich. Easy, Scarecrow. <laughs> what award are you up for? Best in show? All right. <laughs> Triumph, come All on. these hot Grammy bitches, and look at this guy. You look like Richard Belzer banged the wolfhound. <laughs> okay, Triumph, that's not right. Rick is a rock legend. Yeah, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> You're a star? Come on, the last time you made a teenage girl scream was when your balls flopped out of your swim trunks. All right, Triumph, that is it. You are done. Forget it. I apologize. Screw the Grammys! Yeah, all right, oh, yes. screw the Grammys. All screw right. the Grammys! For God's sake. I don't know what that cologne is, but it's working like a charm. everybody, and welcome to the Night Fly with me, Dave Juskow, Emergency Podcast Edition. With my special guest tonight, the only person that could have done this podcast with me, Memo Salazar. That's me. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. No, you had to do it. You had no choice. You realize, because you're a very busy man, and you realize that today... On the, uh, let's see, where this comes out on Tuesday, whatever date that is, but we're taping it on a Wednesday, the fourth, was four days after Rick Ocasek's right. death. Passed so away. I thought it would be hilarious to enter into the podcast with the new cars that he had nothing to do with. Um, yeah, you might think that, Dave, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's, uh... um, he had nothing to do with this band. This is where Todd Rundgren and... Right, right. And, uh, Although I just read he they had his blessing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I still thought it was funny, and I thought, and you know, uh, all the fans that we know that are Cars fans would think this was hilarious, <laughs> and not actually they'd be angry, right? Which I thought right. would be funny. Like, why are they opening with that? But um, <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought that would be a hilarious <laughs> thing to do. But it's not a bad tune. No, it's not bad. It's just uh, that's not what you open right. with. Like that's, <laughs> that's CNN is not going to be playing that one <laughs> on the death of Rick Ocasek. So yes, we are. Uh, I call it an uh, an, uh, an emergency podcast because um, you know uh, the Rick Rick is. I had a plan. I already have a taped podcast ready to go for this week. But I mean, how? What am I? You know, what am I not going to? You know, Rick Ocasek suddenly dies. Suddenly dies. Right. Very suddenly dies. Right. We're not going to do. Uh, you know, how, how can we not talk about it? I mean, yeah. for, for so many reasons. Number one, um, you know, I feel like our, our, our sister show, uh, you know, with the, 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 you know, Dave and, and Donna and, and, and the, the car, you know, doing the podcast. And, and I just feel like we're all connected somehow. So, I mean, for God's sakes, 
all Sunday. As soon as I saw it, I guess about five o'clock, which was so weird because I think I was walking past his house at five o'clock because I was coming huh. back from Gramercy. I was at uh, that's where I do my shows on Sundays at five. Right. So it's just so weird. And then I and then somebody started texting me, and then all the texts came in. As if I was best friends with Rick Ocasek and my best friend died. Right, um, right. I guess, you know, people knew uh, that I made the movie. And I guess they... Uh, it's funny. The more I was making fun of people like who kept texting me, sorry for your loss, um, the more I realized how much I did like them. I mean, granted, right. we made the movie and we made it kind of a, a joke, but it wasn't... It certainly was not out of not love. Right, of course. I mean, I was, I mean, anybody in college would tell you what was Dave Juskow's favorite band. They would say... ABBA. The, oh, sorry. <laughs> that was in junior high. <laughs> um, they would say the cars. Everybody would say the cars. When we seen you were that, you know, that um, the, 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 the big one came out, the Heartbeat City. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody would say that. I mean, definitely. So, I mean, they were a big influence in my life. I mean, it was beautiful because I loved... The the spacey keyboards right. of um, Craig Hawks and uh, you know I just I liked the rhythm and the groove and everything Rick Ocasek and his artistry brought to the table. Yeah, it was quirky, um, but still poppy and catchy. And a- he is credited, I believe, with starting new wave music. Is that correct? I don't. I don't know about that, but you don't think so? No, I, I don't. No, um, I think. Uh, no, I think that would be highly debated. But, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to Panorama, which I hadn't heard in a long time. And it's like, um, it's very, it's just like, it's at the heart of it. They're just like a rock and roll band. Like, apart from all the wacky keyboards. and, right. and They're really just like a rock and roll band. Um, more than like a lot of other new wave bands that were like, you know, like the Talking Heads and Diva that really were kind of doing stranger art school type like like at the heart of it like they write great pop tunes and they're like that's what they did that's they were just they were a fun even though they weren't fun in concert i guess but like um they <laughs> no, were no they were hilarious <laughs> they were really fun but it, but they, it's like rock music it was like that album was full of rock music um like just genuine even though it's got the new wave sort of sound over it um are you like writing a newspaper no i'm looking up rick okasic new wave because oh. i really i thought um yeah, I don't know. I mean, in, I mean, I think we actually say that in the movie. New wave I, rock visionary. Sure. This is from two days. I mean, this is from the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he definitely um, made it a very commercial thing. Gleaming New Wave did something. Um, I guess. All right. So he's not the. Um, let's see. I'm all mixed up. That's all I can. Oh, you're doing. Oh, nice, nice, very nice. That's, I like that you're doing all the things. Yeah. Um, hold on. I want to see because I want to make. I want to see if that's the case. I thought he. I thought he had some. I thought they were credited with kind of starting the the, the movement. No, I mean they were. No, I, I, I. There was a lot of bands. Let's just say there was a lot of bands that uh, that kind of came up at the same time. But uh, but they were good. You know, it's all I can do to to hold it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on fire today. It's unbelievable. Frozen fire. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, wait, I just... I, it says, I refuse Rick, it to says accept. Rick, Oc- Rick Ocasek, lead singer of new wave band, The Cars. Well, sure. I mean, that's what they... New wave band. I just. I guess I just thought he was... Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I know nothing. You know nothing. That's okay. Um, take another look, and you'll you'll get to know The Cars better. 
I'm just going to keep quoting you, Cars that's songs what you're doing? all, all that, night. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I've got... Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, that's about all we have to say. And you know what's crazy is how old he was when they, when they like, started. Well, I guess so. I mean, I didn't know he was 75. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like yeah. So He's what, older than Neil Young. How were they... How old was he when he started? I can't do the math. In, like, his like so in mid-30s. So, like, oh, his mid-30s. Isn't that interesting? <clears throat> Yeah. Maybe that's why they were. Maybe that's why I don't. Was what about the rest of the band? Were they all the same age? <laughs> they were much younger, I think. I don't know. I, I mean, no. Well, he. I guess Or must have been about his age because they were like college. Oh yeah, right. They were friends, I guess, or at least according to our movie, they were. Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's hard to say. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just all. It, it's uh, fascinating to, of course, you know the what solidified them into whatever they did in the rest of their lives was that first album which some say is the most perfect album like in, in a sense of it, it's certainly one of the greatest debut albums of all time i mean it's got everything but i mean it's uh you know you're are you looking for I don't know what that is. Oh. <laughs> is that the true way it starts? Maybe this, this is seems a like version. A, yeah. What is that? I don't know. Where it's a great can... way to start the tribute. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on here? Wake me up when you find out uh, the like a good song. See, that's another. I'm just going to write that down. Um, yeah, so the cars. So the turbocharge. I want to hear about turbocharge. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. This is the way it's supposed to start, right? Shut up. <laughs> this is about as exciting as a car show. <laughs> well, that's, I'm doing it on purpose. I don't know what's wrong. I'm trying to get my computer going. I don't know what's happening. It's going to do that thing again. I don't... Why can't I... Why am I getting the songs? Well, I'm just going to talk about... Oh, here we go. What's the first song they released? Was it Good Times Roller, My Best Friend's Girl? Or Just What I Needed? No, that was later. Well, I mean, this is all, all off the first album, but what was the first song they released? I mean, it's amazing that this guy, that they did, I mean, if they didn't have... I think it was just what I needed. They, um, the groove and the fun of, uh, they, they would never be successful. He's horrible. <laughs> if people were just like, what the hell's going on here? That's why it, maybe the first song was good because they had Ben Orr singing it, so it made more sense. No, it is just what I needed. That this was the first just what single. I needed, yeah. yeah. So it makes sense. I mean, I guess I remember growing up, but I didn't know what they were all about and stuff. But it, I mean, it's really just uh, they, everybody knows mostly every song on this album. It's like it's like Thriller, right? I mean, and, and that's in 1977 when they were not doing right. releasing every song, right? And it's like, I mean, this is all off the first album. I mean, everyone knows every song. I mean, you just like, even if you don't know the what the name of the song is, like, who hasn't heard this song? Right. You know, like, I mean, it's just... Right. Even the little ones. You know? Tune, yeah. Because they've been played in movies, TV shows, and stuff like that. So, of course, uh, you know, this one from... Uh, Fast Times for Ridgemont High. I mean, that's that's even. I mean, that's what even solidified it into like one of the greatest albums of all time. <laughs> you know? Who would ever think to use a song like this in a movie? <laughs> but I guess if Phoebe Cates is going to take her top off, then this is the one you use. Yeah, this is like my uh, when I use my spy spy love me uh, 
theme when I'm making out with a girl. Does that work? No. But, uh, so, okay, so, uh, first of all, I just want to say a couple of things. We are going to do a little uh, tribute and talk about everything today. Um, first, I want to tell you that um, two, Monday night I had my show at the Comedy Cellar. I actually met, um, like, a really great guy. You know, I'm so bad with names and faces. I met this guy from the podcast. He listens to the podcast. He, he was living in Philadelphia, and I met him after the show. He yelled out, I said, I was, when I first got on stage, I said, I made a movie about the cars 10 years ago, because I was so... You know, it just happened on Sunday, so I wanted to do like a tribute, even though it was supposed to be a sports, mm-hmm. you know, the Jets versus Brown thing or whatever, right. but I didn't have anything prepared. So, um, so well, this, the guy who listens to the podcast, I told him to email me um, so I can get his name right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I guess I, I made a movie, uh, you know, about the cars about 10 years ago, and he said, Turbocharge! And I'm like, <laughs> really? What? It, it, like, I was like, what? Who? Who here knows? Was it one of my friends? And he goes, no, I listened to the podcast. And then it totally threw me off. I'm like, come on. Yeah. I was like, really? That's so you're going to blame him for your bad set? No, That's absolutely it. not. It wasn't. No, he, he made it cool like that. I was talking about something relevant. Right. If it wasn't for him, the, the show would have completely bombed. Right. So, yeah, I was all I was talking about was Rick O'Casey. And I was talking about how people were telling me, sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. Nobody was laughing. And then... Um, you know, I did my material, and then you know some people were laughing, and then I just started talking about. I went on a rant about how bad the Jets are for twenty minutes, huh. and I brought this really hot girl on stage that I mentioned her name last week, Natalie Cuomo, um, and we did a bit where she was the one who gave Sam Darnold the quarterback for the Jets mono because that's why he's out. You know, uh-huh. so she came on and we just did a bit, and she's like, "Yeah, Bill Belichick told me to go see him. We were dating, and I'm like, you you were dating Bill Belichick? Yeah, I like frumpy old men.' And I'm like, hello." <laughs> and she's like, yeah, she told me to see this guy in the Jets And um, I, don't know, I made out with him And then uh, can't play for a couple of months I'm like, wow, what a villain What a true villain um, It's so funny because she's so pretty That the guys were looking at the monitors At the olive tree You can see at the olive tree Which is above the comedy cell The original comedy cell on McDougal right. I do the Village Underground Which is on Thursday Because it has it's more it has uh, 100 extra seats Right. Um, but it is the comedy cellar and it's right, right next door. But at the olive tree where the comics table is that, you know, the legendary comics sure. table you see on Crashing and we, I talk mm-hmm. about all the time, there's four monitors for all the shows because they have the Comedy Cellar downstairs, right. the Village Underground, the Big Fat Black Pussycat, and Las Vegas. And they are all simulcast, you know, like at the, at the time. So they were all, Colin Quinn was there and he's like, this just guy, he doesn't care. He's old school. He just brings on the hotties and he <laughs> hopes for the best. And, uh, you know, and he doesn't care about being me too because it's already happened. So it's uh, <laughs> it's really funny because they were watching because she's like so pretty. I mean, she should just be in the movies. So it was reported to you afterwards that everybody was just staring at the screen. That's right. I yes, see. it was very funny because uh, there's no sound. Right. So you're just right. like, what is he doing? Right. Why Why did you bring her dad up on stage? Um, <laughs> no, so it was really fun. and um, But yeah, the audience hated it. And we've Now, because the last on my birthday show, you know, I opened with the set and it just worked. It worked because that was the right thing to do. I should not have done the sketch up front. I messed up. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning to figure out what's the best way to do. So I thought I messed up the whole night. But I mean, three comics in and it's still not working. I mean, that can't all be my fault, you know? Like, Were they laughing the, at the comics? They were laughing, but it still was light. I, we think there were a lot of foreigners there, a lot of people from out of town, huh. uh, a lot of people, you know, I don't, I don't know where they're from, and we think 
that's the problem. Like the wait staff was saying, right? You know, like the one person they were laughing at was Natterman because he started talking about London, <laughs> and like, how about people in London? Aren't they stupid? And they're like, yeah, yeah, they're so dumb. <laughs> so I think that had something to do with it, I guess. And I'm sure my opening didn't help. And I knew doing sports analogies in football wasn't going to be the way to go, but right. I just couldn't change. I I don't know. Um, Yamanika canceled. So for the past day the last 24 hours i was just trying to get another comic mm-hmm. and you know i could have asked anybody but i was trying to still make it so the show works well so it's all different and it was a total time slot so i didn't have to move anybody else and i don't know it just got i should have prepared better i should have prepared better i feel like i have no time but i have nothing but time yeah he... i run out of time during the day doing stuff it's it's ridiculous i don't even want to talk about it hmm. yeah. so anyway i saw my tribute to Rick Okay, I was doing a tribute to Rick Ocasek. Right. So every time a comic would come up, I would play. I'm like, and now please welcome uh, Mark Norman. You know, and then I'd have some come up, right? right? And like, and blah, 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 whatever, <laughs> and they'd all come up. And um, this is Ben Or too, isn't it? Yeah, I still believe it's just like we said in the movie where. Um, oh yeah, the songs uh, keep yeah. yeah. Every, every album he has. Moving closer song. to that microphone, so I gotta keep turning it down. Oh, so wait, no, moving no, closer, further away. Oh, yeah. oh, all right. Yeah, thank you. Well, you sound way louder to me than I do. That's just because your headphones are louder. Oh. I can turn them down if you'd like. No, no, I mean like yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm your saying in, in my in the mix, you're you seem louder than I do. Well, I have the master one because I'm going through here, which you oh. taught me how to do. Memos have put up my setup together, my uh, whole setup that I do the podcast True. with, and you know I'm always going for the quality sound. Anyway, um, so I brought up all the comics to the songs, and I got to say. It's like every comic just complained. Like, what the fuck was that? What was that? I'm like, what? What? What's the big fuck? What do you care? If I play a couple of cards, and I called the whole audience, I'm like, hey, we're gonna be playing car songs all night. Right. No one cared. People weren't like, yeah. No one you know, got like, it. I mean, it was it, it was just like in the movie where that one guy goes, hey, Rick Ocasek's here, and we're like, yeah. The, the one guy, remember right, that? Right. Who's that guy? Doug? Was that? No, that was that other kid, a friend of yours from Boston. Oh, right, right, right. My Yeah, uh, Dave, my friend Dave. Yeah, right. yeah. And um, yeah, it's it was so weird. And so I, I just thought people would be totally into it. Right. And they weren't. And so then after um, Gary Goldman got off, I uh, decided to... I, I know they hate when I sing, but I didn't care. Mm-hmm. At this point, the audience hated me so much that I actually sent that girl to bring up Judy because I'm like, why don't you just get up there and say, oh, Dave somehow contracted mono, so let me bring up the next comic. You know, that because uh-huh. I was just like, they don't want to see me anymore. Right. So why don't you go up? <laughs> I'm like, I can't take it. But when I went up at one point, um, I just, I played this and I played, I did the instrumental uh-huh. and I just started singing it. And like when somebody came off stage, Gary Goldman, everybody, Gary Goldman, let's hear it for him. And then I just, I had the instrumental. So I started singing it, but like, but finally when I, prompted people to sing along my friend Lori finally did or whatever I heard a couple of people singing with you might think I'm crazy but people were just staring at me like an idiot I mean like I don't I don't understand how that's not cool I don't understand what they want from me I mean what the fuck if, even if you're far well you don't know this song yeah They're maybe confused? they don't know that song yeah I mean that is a possibility when it comes down to the stupid possibility it's like the guy you know your doorman you just told him about the cars and he was like who i know but it's like who doesn't know these songs (laughs) 
Yes. I mean, I a listen whole because, because of... yeah, well, a whole generation knows <laughs> Beatles songs, and they right. know. You know, it's like even uh, I didn't know songs growing up. I didn't. I didn't know a lot of older songs. Right. Because they all sucked before I was. I mean, anything before 1970 kind of blew. I, I didn't care for anything. So that's the, right. But... Um, but you know, I knew them. I'd heard of them before. Uh, you know, it seems like these people just didn't. I, I, I don't. And other countries, that's where music. That's where you bond. You know, like uh, I, right. I, das cars. <laughs> 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 I, I just don't understand. It's you know, I don't know how many people past our age knows this band. Like, not every band is like the Beatles and stays like embedded in the culture. I, I know it's hard to think that because, right, they're such a big part of the 80s pop culture. I guess that's But uh, I don't is. know. Does the average 20-year-old have any clue who Rick Ocasek is? No. They don't know who Rick Ocasek is, but they must know from the songs. How do you not yeah, know? Yeah, I mean, think? I'm sure there might be like Or the magic of, uh, what's in our <laughs> movie? The magic of uh, David Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't know. The magic of Rick Nielsen and Cheap Trick. I want you. Don't want me. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm not the one to ask that question. I just always assume, like, because I guess, wasn't this like, their, I didn't, I mean, this song's stupid as far as I'm concerned, as far as Cars fans are probably right. concerned, because right. it was so commercial in a way, and right. doesn't add up to their thing, but it was still great right. in a different way of doing a ballad. If you're going to do one, then this was cool, and this was Cars worthy, but right. I guess it's overplayed and poppy, and we don't care for that kind of stuff. Right. You right. know, we like the, um, the, the deeper cuts. <laughs> But I mean, I think everybody knows this one. They probably just don't know it's the cars. Probably. So that's why it's funny that uh, okay. So like we made Memo and I made this movie about the cars that every you know all our fans know about, and they always say they want to see it. But you know, I guess only about three people probably want to see it because I keep sending it out, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I got this movie about the car. Now that I mean, this is before Rick died, and this is only like the, so that I sent it out to this one guy. I mean, I sent it out to like three or four people. And they all said no. And then I sent out to this one guy that I got through Lawrence Lerman, right. who was friends, so he's friendly. I go, would you be interested in moving out the car? He goes, hell yeah. <laughs> Send it over. And he's like, do you mind if I share it with other people? I'm like, no, I don't mind. And then on Monday, I was like, hey, now it's relevant. Are you interested? He goes, no, no, no. Our acquisitions department said absolutely not. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't have to put the absolutely in. You could have just said you were going to pass. Right. I mean, they, it's like they've been so cruel. <laughs> but every time I send it somewhere, I watch the first five minutes and I'm like, we won't be hearing from them again. <laughs> um, but then when I go further into it, I start crying, laughing. Right. And Kevin Cash is truly <laughs> hilarious. It's just such a ridiculous movie. It's so stupid. But, but again, that's what um, David Curry said um, from the night. What Night Thoughts podcast, right? Is it Night Spots or Night Thoughts? No, Night Spots is the name of the song. Right. Night Thoughts. I always get it wrong. I'm sorry. It's so rude. Um, that's it. And. Uh, what was I just saying? Uh, uh, how ridiculous the movie is. Oh, yeah. He says it's a quirky movie about a quirky band. Right, right. So it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, look, I and remember. It is stupid. There's there's no tragedy. I mean, until the end, I mean, you know, when somebody dies. But, I just, <laughs> like, you know, it's not like the other no, band movies. But then there's if you. There's no emotional component to no, this. No, there's nothing. Whatsoever. And that's the, it's, so it's like, right. You don't have the queen thing. But, but remember, 
we're making fun of all those movies, Bohemian <laughs> right. Rhapsody, right. Uh, the the Elton John one, right. the, the, of course, totally based on the Def Leppard one. Right. We're making fun of all those movies that are exactly the same. I don't care it's what true. band you are. You're like, that's never going to sell on commercial. you got to cut that down to two minutes. I right. mean, it's always the same <laughs> shit, always the same shit. So here's a band that just doesn't have, no one cares right. about nothing, and we're doing the same shit. This album stinks. You're never <laughs> going to get it played anyway. You know, I mean, it's just the same shit. But we didn't have the Bohemian Rhapsody where he's gay, so there right. was no controversy there. Nobody was gay. Nobody was struggling True. with anything, you know. And then and even Elton John, of course, and stuff. And then, of course, Def Leppard has the drummer lose an arm. I mean, we had nothing. <laughs> we had nothing to work with, which was right. what made it right. so funny. Right. The only reason we made this movie, Memo and I, is the, the ultimate gag of how they got dissed on Live Aid. And we take 70 minutes to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like episode three. <laughs> where you're you know but but basically you're taking three movies to get to <laughs> right. see i'm like oh so that's how he became darth vader because that could have been done in one movie right. this is what makes me so angry that you, you're waiting what, what is it nine hours nine hours to get to no <laughs> that's pretty much what we do um <laughs> but i remember when i was out in los angeles and i had the screening and of course that's the the legendary story of how uh, Jimmy Kimmel wanted to see it and he made me do a screening in LA and I flew out to LA because that was a pretty big deal but we had to do it late and remember anything that happens late in Los Angeles is a disaster but his show was filming live at the time right? so we had to do it late and late is bad and as I got off the plane, Sarah and him broke up. So he wasn't coming, and I did the screening anyway. It was a disaster. I mean, it wasn't a disaster. People were, like, totally into it. And they, it made me so happy they totally got the gag. Right. They got the setup of where we're just, it's Phil Collins is an asshole, and he's going to do it, and we're going to do this or that. And then they get screwed at Live Aid. We got a big applause break. Right. Um, I should have. They didn't have, I don't think they had cell phones at the time, so I couldn't have recorded it. But no, I never would have even it. thought they would have gotten it. The, the two screenings we had here, like a lot of people were, la they were laughing a lot, and then afterwards they were really like, oh, I, they were more than I thought it was worth of laughs. You know, I was like, really, you thought it was that? Funny? Well, remember what I, I I said to you when we were, we were together? We were in the back in the really good chairs. That's where the uh, you know the producers <laughs> sit. And um, I, I did pull the uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space. But they're like, this is what I'll be remembered for. <laughs> <laughs> still kind of true and it's just so funny i was crying laughing i was there i was looking at something i went further this time in the mode i'm like come on let me go i know this movie is good somewhere <laughs> and they went to like where they're making um candio right and that we have that the guy who writes for uh bill maher and he's just like and if you know this movie is called candy o but you have to take the pitch and rape it in the back and it's funny and he, like and like well, everybody's saying you suck, and and he's like, "Who?" And he goes, "Well, how many people do you see in this room?" You know, like, <laughs> okay, Zach. I mean, Kevin Cash is so funny, and that scene is like one of my favorites because it seems like, like, like a real movie somehow for me in right. that part. Um, or we we're just talking about scenes you might have not seen, but a lot of, um, you know, we have sent it around a little bit. So, but um, also that, and of course the Andy Warhol stuff with Tom Shalou is absolutely brilliant. Well, that's I think that's my favorite part because like. It's just a muck. At that point, it actually is making fun of a real documentary, and I think we aped the feel a lot. Oh, we got it. We got it perfect. So that I was... mean, we really we got it. We got it better than the. I'm, I'm looking for the. I, I took it. Um, is it where is it now? Yeah, uh, we. So there's a documentary. If you don't know, I mean, I'm just for those of you who 
know the cars as well as we do. Uh, but if you don't know, there's a documentary for Hello Again when they worked with Andy Warhol right. on the um, the you know multi platinum Heartbeat City album. Right. It was the third song released from that album. Right. And remember again, just like their first album. This was the time of Michael Jackson, and all you would do is release one song after the other in hits, and this ha- had them all just like Thriller. I mean, right. just as good, where they were just releasing song after song. After, you might think Magic. This is off the top of my head. You're looking at me, right? You might think Magic, Hello Again. Um, what, I'm missing a fourth one, too. Um, uh, what's, what's the... Uh, there, no, I'm uh, lost. Yeah, I had, I'm sorry. Well, I guess I'm not that uh, thinking it... Um, uh, well, Heartbeat City, they do. Oh, Drive. Duh. Drive, right. So they released like five songs off a nine or ten song album. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Right. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not a thriller, but it's still pretty impressive for, you know, a band that really had to make a comeback right. uh, in a way because, well, Panorama didn't do well. Shake It Up did well, but it was just that one song. Right. And then this album just went nuts. But of course, a lot of it had to do with the music video as well. Right. Well, that's they, what I think this is really what finally broke them to like that level of. You know, like those videos. Yeah. Not well, that they weren't popular before, but like this was, I don't know. Well, they were really into videos before MTV. They made videos, right. you know, back, you know, with Panorama. They made, you know, a stupid video where there's like a spy going on and then shake it up. They definitely had a video because then MTV was happening. Right. And then, um, which is a great video. It was always just cars and girls and then playing their instruments. What are they supposed <laughs> to do? And then Rick was just, I guess, um, was like, no, let's go. Let's go a completely different way and have some fun. And I think they won. I know we put it in the movie, but I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it. They won the first video of the year award. I think they won the first one. Right. And um, you, you know that, um, what is it, you might think is the first music video to have been submitted to the permanent collection at MoMA. Is that right? Yeah, it was like the first considered art, you know. Worthy, that makes so much connection. sense because not only did it was it considered art, but... It also changed music video. Yeah, and yeah. It changed movies. Yeah, no, it's the best. I mean, that's what I know the more more than their music is those videos. Like for sure, that's like in my yeah. Head. Because even the next one, which was smart, they didn't do. They didn't try and redo it. They did magic. I believe was the right. next one. They just had them walking on the water, and it's like a party and stuff. So it's that's their old right. school video. It was very smart. Right. And then hello again. They went. And, well, what the fuck? I don't know what they were doing there. But uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it's so funny. Well, hello again. It's the best. <laughs> so so I worked at a video store in the 90s, and we had that Heartbeat City compilation video, you know. Right. The I have Jets, it. Right. right, which you have, right. Thing, yeah. we, like, like, I, we like to show the compilation video with the Heartbeat City director's uh, cut or whatever, the documentary, right. before we show the movie. Right. Because then people get it more. But you were just right. saying, I'm sorry. Well, it was just like, so I would play that, you know, the whole video when I worked, because you could play a movie or whatever while people... And then, like, I always had to fast forward because it was, like, the boob one. I couldn't show the boobs. Oh, and, right. So I had to fast forward. But then I would always play the uh, making of. So I watched that making of, like, a hundred times. Oh, you did. So when I told you I had an idea for the were that's why you were maybe on board. You were like, I know what you're talking about. Well, that, no that, one else I would that scene I totally knew right away. I was like, oh, I totally get this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know a lot of the other stuff. But, yeah. but that making of was, like. You know. Because let me tell you something. I mean, Memo, I mean, it, it, I can't believe we're still friends. Because, you know, I came I think the first day I met him, I'm like, would you be interested in making a movie about the cars? And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. Do you have a script? I'm, I'm writing it. And then when you got the script, isn't that the funniest thing? It was like, I was like, did a child write this? And not just the dialogue. I'm talking about the way I set up the scenes. I'm like, scene 23A. And he's like, this isn't how you do. Well, um, it was, you know, it was mostly script. I didn't know you enough to know. 
that you thought I was joking. Maybe. Well, no, no, I was sort of like I couldn't quite figure out how it all worked together because remember we didn't have the freezy the snowman tying all the scenes. Well, back that was then. your idea that we you said after we screened right. it that time when right. I was almost in tears. <laughs> right, um, you're like this stinks. Well, that and that's... then you said <laughs> we need a tie-in. We need right. something, some narrative or right. something. Right, right. But that's what I mean. It's like so when I first read the script, like I thought all those scenes were funny. Like I got the gags, but I didn't know how it worked as a story i was like how's this gonna but then i was like well he must know what he's doing it's a professional comic he's been here <laughs> like i literally was just like well obviously i don't know what i'm talking about like he's got it all in his <laughs> and then like and little did you as the summer <laughs> went away <laughs> right. right i started realizing that like maybe that wasn't the case and then why did i hitch my wagon to this <laughs> yes i was right to hitch my wagon <laughs> um but yeah, and then we so when I cut it all together, it like clearly didn't work. And then we had that screening in my house with all my friends, and they were all like, "You need like it's missing a thread oh, and whatever." That was the worst day of my life. <laughs> I think I was crying. I think yeah. you had to stop. Like, so what did you think? <laughs> well, when you say what did we think, are you doing the song? Because we'd prefer not to tell you what we think. And uh, you got anything to eat or something? You know, drink. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. Without, I don't know how. The snowman thing made it all come together, well, kind I, of. I think you literally disappeared for a year. Oh, like, is that true? Like, well, I mean, you didn't. We you didn't work on it or talk about it. like a year passed between oh, that isn't thing. That funny, I forgot. Yeah, it was I like a right. like a whole year, and then finally we're like, "What are we going to put this movie? We're going to finish it." And that's when I must have been watching Rudolph the Red Nosed yeah, Reindeer. Yeah, I think like, so. I've got a great. I've, <laughs> I've got an even better idea than the thing I told you about the cars. <laughs> the good thing about you is you really are up for anything, and it's so funny. Well, it kind of made sense. Like when you said it, I was like, "That's ridiculous," but that's actually kind of works. Yeah, like I thought it was pretty funny. And then just uh, you know, for you guys, for the the story when you know when you see it, if you haven't, you know, most of you haven't seen it. So we have this, you know, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer Snowman, uh, told by Jonathan Katz from Doctor Katz, <laughs> right. and this, and he's telling the story to a little penguin who's <laughs> voiced by this girl that uh, writes and does voices for um, Bob's Burgers. And obviously, we have H. John Benjamin, who is the lead in Bob's Burgers, right. who's the car's manager. So it's a pretty good deal in this. Uh, well, not only that, but Katz is her uncle. He's Holly's uncle. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. So, yeah, Holly Schlesinger, right? Uh, so he's telling the story of the cars. And then the best part is we had this memo knew this guy, Gabor. I can't pronounce his last name. You can. Vesky. Yeah. Oh, that's that good. was pretty easy. I yeah. thought it would be different. Um, and we're like, hey, do you think you could? Yeah, I got already set up in my barn. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, this guy set up built an entire set. stop motion it, it, it was as if in Back to the Future, please excuse the crudeness of this model, but there was like, well, crudeness? You must have been up for weeks to put this together. Yeah, and, it was amazing. And you guys went up and you filmed the whole thing, and it was amazing. I spent a week. I mean, it looks great. Taking pictures. Yeah, it's incredible. He did a great job. All day. stop motion and stuff, and he very actually time found, consuming. You know, I saw him a few months ago, and he actually found those cars, puppet dolls that he had. He like had them in the attic. Oh, really? And they had like. De- the foam had decomposed, so he was like trying to rebuild them. Oh, because yeah, they'll be worth money. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he was thinking. Yeah. Sure. So wait, let me play. Um, I'm going to play a clip from the documentary, and then I'm going to play <laughs> our scene from the documentary. Right. So this is like what um, from the actual documentary of Hello Again. I just gave him a ring. Actually, I thought he might be interested in doing it. I didn't know for sure, but uh, you know, I liked all his films and. I thought he may be interested in uh, trying to do a video. I did a portrait of uh, Rick, and uh, we've known him for a while. And 
And uh, he just called one day and, and I said we were doing this kind of work and he said, oh, great. We asked Andy what, what song he would like to do the video on. It was, it was really up to him. And that was the song he picked. So, that, so here's the guy that, I mean, we got it all right. Because here's the guy who <laughs> directed the video and he's really just effeminate. Well, I've been doing the TV show for about five years. And um, a, it was a, kind of a logical extension of what we were doing in the TV show to do like um, musical, fashion, rock and roll kinds of things. Andy met the cars and the cars liked the show. And so they decided that they wanted to use our studio. All right, so that's um, their version. Right. <laughs> and here's our version with the director talking about what well, you'll see. Yeah. Or you'll hear. So what about my sex life? Wait, that's the uh, old one, right? Sorry. This is amazing. When you put two geniuses in a room together, you get greatness. You take the now master of modern day pop music with the all time great master of pop art, and you are going to get something so powerful, so cosmic that you can feel the power surge in the room. Well, I I called him up on the phone <laughs> and he said, okay. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, yes, you called me and I, uh, I said, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just picked up the phone and I called him and and he said, "You said uh, I said okay. You said okay. Far out. Well, it's really not that. That's far Kevin out. Brennan. I mean, I just, yeah. you know, I, I called and and he, uh, I dialed, and I, I was surprised that you picked up the phone. Yes. Why now? Why would you be surprised? Why would? Uh... Because you picking up the phone is weird. Yeah. It's very surreal. So Kafka, uh, Kafkaesque. Yes. Yeah. You read my mind." So, yeah, that's me and Tom Shalhoub and Kevin Brennan, which is so funny. I, I forget that. that <laughs> it's such a crazy. The music, right, that we used in that, was that Eric doing like a fake version? No, of it, it, or yeah, it was it? a fake version, but it's not Eric. It's his friends. When they, the, his friends in Boston did a cover of all car songs. Oh. I think it's. They were called like not the call, but it was something like the collective or or something, and they right made a so it's phony a cover. version. It's a cover, it's a cover, of it, right. yeah, right. So who knows? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was nice knowing you. Anyway. <laughs> but this this movie is so stupid but fun. I mean, listen. I mean, if you're high, you don't like this movie. And then it's so funny because, uh, you know, at the end, we, we make this Godfather 2 thing, which, right. uh, you know, nobody's going to understand. And then it actually ends with the Godfather 3, <laughs> that <makes laughs> where no Rick Ocasek just dies. He's sitting in a chair and he just kills over That's what I need to look at because we had, the, we had like, different versions, right? Because we don't want to yeah. bore the No, I have that. Ver that This is that version that oh, I have okay. now where he... He dies and he falls over and right. then the, the dog licks him as he's right, dead. Yeah, right. and and this is the movie we made, <laughs> and this is why um, I don't have a job and Memo works at Sesame Street. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my God, we're no. idiots. <laughs> it's all my fault, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you got involved. No, it was yeah, you know, it was fun. Everybody had a good time. Yeah, I think they did. I mean, I think yeah, and the best is the guy that did the sound, and it's quality sound. You can hear it; it's perfect. Um, just you know, entitled it "How I Wasted My Summer." <laughs> right, right. That's no, he was so traumatized. Yeah, no, that's and of course we had Rachel playing 
uh, an eight Ben Orr's eight or eight <laughs> year old ten year old his girlfriend's yeah eight year old son eight year old son son right, right. and so he had to always babysit this kid this kid already yeah that's because you don't have to hang out with him I mean if you had look I know you lads are used to working with the great Roy Thomas Baker but Rick has asked me to help take the band in a different direction. What? I don't remember talking about taking the band in yeah, a different direction. Wait, what, what is this about? Different direction? What? What? I think it's a great acting. idea, Mr. Lang. <laughs> Shut up, Ben. Look, Glatz, <laughs> the future is here. The 70s are over. The 80s are already full-blown. The Flock of Seagulls. Human League. Duran Duran. For God's sake, the Go-Go's are already defining the decade. The cars can't get left behind. What Mutt's trying to say is that, well, we're just going to make things... A little bit crazy. Like your solo album wasn't crazy enough for you? How do you pronounce that album anyway? Is it Beautitude or Beatitude? Josh! Well, you... Actually, that's a really good question. <laughs> it's, it's both. That's the kind of craziness I'm talking about. Wow, that's really nuts. Well, I like it. Very Zeppa-esque. Oh, shut, shut up. Go back to the fucking Martin Mull band. You know what? Why don't you go back and fucking another Cameo album cover model, you back off. Why don't you both shut up? I think it's a wonderful idea, Mr. Lang. <laughs> so, how long do you think it'll be before the public gets to hear my angelic voice again? There's a lot of in-house fighting there. A lot <laughs> wait, of wait. Wait, did, was he actually in Martin Mull's band? Is that yes, a, yes. That's no, everything that we right. wrote is true. <laughs> right. That's the thing. It's like it's... You know, no one else was going to make a movie about the cars. So if you do like the cars, then yeah, I mean, I made it that right. all the facts right. are there. Right. I mean, that is one thing that's impressive. It's like, it actually is a very, probably more accurate than most, like, Exactly. Yeah, things. it's weird. We, uh, well, and then the Joshua stuff throws all that out the window. <laughs> right. And people were, people were just like, I don't understand that, Joshua. I'm like, no, we're not cutting that out. It's the most funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the best thing Rachel will ever do. Uh, so, by the way, when I was watching it, I was crying laughing at this scene because you're Shut so up. funny in it. Oh, first of all, we have... Um, I mean, I'll just play some of it, but you you know, I, I don't care, right? We have <laughs> Benor ends up on the Howard Stern show all right. when Elon Gold does an amazing Howard Stern Yes, you can say that. Uh, the FCC is on my ass, but you could say ass, which is uh, <laughs> ironic. Now, I think we have a little scoop here, right, Robin? Is it true that uh, you and Rick never got along? No, that's not true at all. Rick was uh, like a brother to me. He's my best. Yeah, so, I mean, that's uh, that guy did an amazing Howard Stern, right? I mean, Well, the best part of that was that, like, he he wasn't scheduled to shoot that day. I don't know if you remember, we were in that recording studio. Yeah, I totally remember right? that. And then, like, all of a sudden you find out that he's free, like, that afternoon. And we weren't, we didn't have a Howard Stern show set. Like, we were not supposed to film there. So Gabor, because he's Gabor, like, in, like, a matter of, like, 20 minutes, like, rigged what seemed like Stern's studio, like, with the headphones and the microphone on the desk. He just, like, went around and grabbed stuff and yeah, built this amazing right? thing. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden we had, like, that scene to shoot. But then on top of that, like, at the end of the night, we're, like, cleaning up, and the cleaning lady comes. Yeah, that was the most amazing right? thing that and happened. And she was, like, really Robin. Good. Yeah, we're, and we, we felt bad because we, you know, we... You know, just she was black, so we're just like, hey, uh, "Are you interested in playing Robin?" You know, like we felt a little bad, I, but it was great. Yeah, she was the cleaning lady. She was perfect. Right, she was great. It was unbelievable. Very polite, and nice, yeah. and um, really terrific. <laughs> I'm just I'm looking for this one scene it's that probably I, going like, "What happened to that movie?" I was where in? you're where you make me laugh so hard. Um, I'm trying to think where it is. Uh, is it here? Where is it? 
I gotta find it because it's worth it. I love it. It's after this. While you look at that, I'm I'm just gonna name weird car song names. Okay. Oh, here it is. Wait, I got it. Um, it's the uh, when we find out what we're doing later. And uh, I think all the uh, it's a talk show with the Rico Casey confront show. Oh, right, right. It's a Rico Casey thing. We have a giant puppet, (laughs) and then um. And we have a senator on. <laughs> right. And then you're playing the little puppet. You're, right, right. you're watching. Senator, your opponent voted yes on Proposition 4, but you voted no. Explain yourself. I do not have to explain myself to you or any of your cohorts on this show. Rick, tell him. Uh, Jimmy, this is too heated a discussion for this show. God damn it. <laughs> it makes me cry laughing. It's so stupid. That is really like, ridiculous. Memo's playing a puppet. <laughs> Senator, why did you vote yes on Proposition? <laughs> it's so funny. That was it's good. It's so dumb. The whole thing that we shot that right here. Just, yeah, right, right <laughs> in my house. I'm crying laughing. It was just. It's so dumb, <laughs> and yet there's something with me that I am obsessed with puppets that I just found that to be the funniest thing I've ever seen maybe in my life um, and you were so funny your voice was perfect god damn it and I'm like Jimmy and it's just like why is the puppet named Jimmy it doesn't make any sense right, right. Jimmy it's too heated a discussion I mean and even Lawrence was good in that one I don't have to explain myself to you or right. anyone like god damn it <laughs> it's so stupid uh, oh my god that is so funny yeah, it that... makes me so happy. That part, so that is when I was like, you know what? Fuck everything that I'm thinking. <laughs> Fuck everybody that doesn't want to do this. Right, right. I like this movie. It's so Evan Cutler, who uh, tried to give this movie to Paulina. I don't think he ever got it to it, so we don't know whether he would ever seen it. But he said on Facebook, uh, he's my friend. He works at right now. He works at Live PD uh, on A and E, and he said that she said that he would have liked something like this. And we think she thinks he would have liked it. And we really did. I think we would have gotten his approval too. Can we put that on the Blu-ray? Oh, I'm putting it on anyway. He would have liked something like this. No, I'm just going to put it on and say, Rick Ocasek said, this is great. (laughs) What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Come at me. He never said that, didn't he? How do you know? At one point, at one time, he must have said, this is great about something. (laughs) I just took it out of context. Well, let me just tell you something about... um, uh, how interesting this fucking guy is. Now, first of all, uh, you know, I think, and I'm not positive, but I think that he had, what did he have, like five solo albums, which you don't even know. He, had, he, he did, had, yeah. right. So I always know about, he had this one, this is where I kind of came in with the cars in 82. Like when I was first like on the radio or something, um, and I didn't know there was a difference between his thing right. and the cars. That's what and he did. The Sorry about that. Yeah, this is the Beatitude album, but this was like the hit, right? I guess. But and the funny thing is, I was like, what makes this different than the Cars album? Right. Meanwhile, Greg Hawks is on this album, right? And you know, but he just said I was looking up, and he was just like, he just said I just wanted to play with other musicians. Right. So it's exactly the same. But he just wanted to, he just wanted to try something new. But I I do think that in a way where he messed up is doing a solo album after Heartbeat City, and even though it was rather successful, right? I think they if they had done another follow up Cars album right after, right, they might have sustained some more years, right? But maybe not because they're such a as he says eclectic band. <laughs> maybe a band like that needs to kind of be done 
because yeah. then they're not cool right. and they're all about cool in a way in a strange not the normal word of cool you know well that that 86 solo album right that was his biggest hit as a non-car right the emotion emotion right which is just okay but it's a it was a staple in 1986 but it had that song that song emotion right but it was you know it was my least favorite song you know it's (laughs) up there with drive have you seen the video to the song though that's horrible but it's hilarious because it's like a fairy tale i mean it's ridiculous and he like lifts the girl up and then there's like a little midget guy that he's fighting and oh you know what i gotta see it again then because i (laughs) it's really bizarre I've always hated this song so much. I hated it when it came out. See, I, I like this song more than Drive. And you they're do? similar, yeah. Like Ballady. Yeah. I don't know, this one's catchier. I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't like it. So this came out in 86, so this was the follow-up from Heartbeat City, which is, you know, odd. But and all the cars played on this album. Yeah, all the cars weird. played on it. So right. it doesn't make any, like, why make it a solo? But that kind of <laughs> right. made me happy when I... Found that out, like, so they were all getting along. So, I mean, that's what Phil Collins did with Genesis, and it's not right. like... I do feel there was a difference in Phil Collins' solo to what Genesis did. Oh, totally. And with Rick Ocasek, I don't think there is no, a difference. not at all. So I, I'm not sure what his reasoning was for it. And this is the... Um, I actually like this song. This is off the Fireball Zone, and it's called Rockaway. And uh, this isn't a bad song at all. kind of like it a lot. Yeah. I like the ones where he rocks, you know, like... An, it's funny that he just doesn't look like he would play a mean guitar. Right. But it really it just could have completely been a car song. A car song sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they just added like like Greg Hawks's like wacky keyboards you know that gave it that feel yeah so that's all it's missing yeah here's the keyboards right because when i didn't know he played on it i was like well this sounds exactly like greg why didn't he just use greg and i guess he did i guess greg is like the the ringo of the band like (laughs) when john lennon would go solo paul mccartney george house they all used ringo right like well we love ringo right I like this song. Yeah, this is, also "Come Back" from that record is good. The song "Come Back." Oh yeah, you know it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty catchy. And I was like, oh, this is like a pretty good car song. I didn't. I didn't know it well, but. Oh, you thought it was a car song at the no, time? No, no. Or... So when I heard it, I'm like, well, why wouldn't this be a Cars song? Oh, right, like it's, right. It's like. I remember when he was promoting this album because he would all the solo albums they'd have him on like Conan or Letterman right. or something because everybody right. worshipped him. Right. I mean, he was a he was a very nice guy, from what I'm understanding. He was, in fact, that's. Um, oh, this is good. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's funny because the only thing that's missing that made these bands is that Ben Orr is not on any of these albums. You know, <laughs> right, like I mean, right. his his voice was really great and. Right. Should have let him probably sing a couple more songs. However, on the flip side of that, I mean, that's what made the band interesting. This guy was yeah. interesting. Okasik's I mean, voice totally made it, right? Yeah. Like that's. I mean, irony. for me, I would have preferred a better vocalist, but I understand that's what made the band interesting. Right. Because nobody sings like this. Who would want to? But um, so it. when I was thinking about... Uh, oh, he had the... Uh, 
Quick change world, troubleizing next day, and then something that I can't pronounce because it was like written. They're all word or something. They're all like that, right? So they're this all like one a mixture of the, you mean next day? Yeah, next day. This song is about Ben Orr. Oh, Silver. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so at you know at the end, Rick and him had trouble. We depicted it in our movie, right? And they had a falling out. It's so funny. We really did get a lot of stuff right, <laughs> even though it's just stupid the way we did it. Right. But it, it's clear he says, You were the silver, my gold. And he says, You were the one that showed me, granted, I can't see you, but I need you, and you're gone. You were you were my right hand. You were my friend. This sounds really gay, actually, now that I'm. <laughs> you were always strong until the end. You were my good time. You were my rave. Isn't that nice? A little too late there, Rick. Yeah. It was five years after he died. <laughs> right. It's good. But it's good that he did something. Yeah. But um, I was thinking, or I was, I was looking up, I mean, because this is, uh, apparently he really was a great guy. Um, so he did, he produced three Weezer albums. Right. And we all know, I mean, that's the amazing thing, too. So you take away all the car stuff, which is amazing, and then you don't hear from the guy again for a long time. I mean, he does these solo albums. They don't go anywhere. If you don't know the cars, you're not waiting for him to come out with a solo (laughs) album. You're you're like, where'd this guy go? Right. And then, you know, this guy produces this album that's like just is sick. I mean, it's a a huge hit. Right. And this is all clearly Rick's influence. I mean, Weezer's great on their own. Yeah, yeah. But you can hear the production is... He's fantastic. Can't you just picture him saying, no, no, definitely use the Mary Tyler Moore. I love it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I do the voice like that. but I... <laughs> Well, that's the funniest. That's why, like, if His Ben Orr had been so the lead boring. singer, like, the movie would suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... Right. It's much more fun with the supporting character being the lead character uh, or the whatever. But um, so, yeah, so he worked on the Blue Album, and then they didn't use him for, I think, the Red Album. No, it's Pinkerton. Pinkerton. They didn't use him for Pinkerton. They re, I think they retitled it the Red Album now. Oh, really? I yeah. thought there was a Red Album. I think they're the same. No, Pinkerton is their second album, yeah. which is actually the best Weezer album. What? That's opinion. the worst one. Everybody no. had. You're so crazy. Uh, as, of course that's your favorite It's album. not just mine. It's a lot of people's favorite. It's, like, it's not just me who thinks you stink. <laughs> How many people do you see in this room? If you Google like Pinkerton, you will find lots of people saying it's the best Weezer album. It is like the amazing. And then they did the Green album, which is fun. Right. And so then they bought Rick Ocasek back right. uh, to do the Green album, which of course... Uh, has this legendary Weezer song, which was their comeback, and then kind of solidified them into like, hey, these guys are pretty fucking cool. I love the way this goes.
I mean, we even depict this in the movie. The Weezer right. years, you know what I mean? Right. We really did it all. <laughs> um, so, so then, yeah, so then they, I guess, went on their own, which is fine. You know, they did what they, I mean, Rick did the same thing. I mean, think about how could Rick not be a good producer? I mean, really, we did depict this in the movie. He was, he, he worked with Roy Thomas Baker and uh, Mutt Lang. Right. These are two of the greatest rock producers in the history of the planet. And, um, you know, especially the late 70s and 80s, right? Mm-hmm. They they just had everything that they were the, the ones. And if you work with those two guys and you're working intently, like we show in the movie when Roy Thomas Baker's explaining all that stuff and Rick was completely fascinated, why <laughs> right. wouldn't he be a good producer? Right, right. And I guess he just like, I did everything I need to do and now producing is what I want to do. I want to be behind the scenes. Right. And he was. And apparent, and so, yeah, actually, Weezer. And then, and then I think in 2005, he worked on... Another album with them, the he White did, Album, or which something. I have never heard, which I didn't even know he he had done, because I think like most fans, like we lost, we got bored of Weezer after that Green. So album. they say, um, it's it's great when they say uh, the Weezer family is de- devastated by the loss of our friend and mentor Rick Ocasek, who passed away Sunday. We will miss him forever and will ever cherish the precious times we got to work and hang out with him. Rest in peace, Rock on Rick. We love you. I mean, that's amazing. Niall Rogers. We had a lot of fun making the album Fireball Zone. That oh, was a right. solo album. Uh, Niall Rogers uh, produced that one? Yeah. Oh, wow. The Killers. Feeling grateful for Rick. Had the opportunity to send him this email a couple years back. My first, So they, like, uh, apparently, you know, the Killers mm-hmm. worshipped him. Beck, sad news, much, re- much, re- much respect to the great Rick Ocasek. Courtney Love, the Cars were an amazing band. We love you, Rick. Graceful man. Right. Um, anybody who's in rock and roll knew those guys were the great. And apparently he just didn't have an enemy in the world besides Ben Orr, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. And maybe his three ex-wives. And I was also, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> who were never heard from again. And um, he also produced uh, Jonathan Richmond, who's like, one of the greats. That's your favorite guy. That's one of my favorite guys. guys. Yeah. People uh, sound stupid. Bad me. Brains, Black 47, Suicide, No Doubt, and yeah, Guided no by Yeah, No Doubt. Voices. Right, right. Um, so which album? Oh, he worked on this. Oh, this song. Yeah. We... Uh... Do you think this is Rick Ocasek influenced? This is No Doubt. Sounds pretty Cars-ish, huh? I think this is the one he produced. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so funny you can tell his. Right. He, if we didn't know, we'd be like, "Wow, that sounds very Cars-like." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, be, not even knowing that he was dead. I mean, this is just if you look up Gwen Stefani and talking about this particular album, which is called Rocksteady. Right. She goes, you know, they had various producers because nobody could. You know, nobody had time, all this kind of stuff. And it was a strange time. You know, this was in uh, 2001. And uh, she goes, you know, and we worked with Rick O'Casing. And him, I would have liked to work with more. I would have liked to spend more time with Rick. Right. And work more. Apparently, he must have had great ideas. And, like, again, he must have just been a real pleasure to work with. And, I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, even though Roy Thomas Baker produced... Uh, you know the first two albums, and then he had Mutt Lang produce it. I mean, it's all Rick's influence and stuff. And I mean, I'm sure he could have said no to a lot of the stuff. And it's just like with Weezer. I mean, their songs are really good, right? And Rick just kind of, uh, you know, especially when they're, they're the debut album is the most important. 
So to polish it, you know, what I mean, it's like with a with a bad debut album. That actually, it doesn't matter if you if your third album's great, then it doesn't matter. But right, you know, to have like a debut album like the Cars had, I mean, this is unheard of. Usually, yeah, you know, Boston no, no, no. had that, but uh, right, you know, there's, there's a couple <laughs> I'm sure albums, but usually they're one hit wonders, and Boston made that one, and then a second one, and then they dropped off the face of the earth. And no, then they came back for the no, third I know, one. but I'm saying, but it took ten years right. and right. Uh, or seven years. No, yeah, it was three years for the second one, and seven years for the next <laughs> right, one. Right, and then you know, and they did have a big hit again, but. You know, I mean, these guys were putting out an album a year, you right. know, even with the Panorama, which we talk about in the movie, right? which wasn't a commercial success. But that's the thing you try when you get to success. And you're like, well, let's do something different. <laughs> and then when they bring the Shake It Up album again, it's like back to the way it's supposed to be, you know, I think. Right? Yeah, sure. Because, well, I, again, we, we say this in the movie because, uh, you know, we're like, <laughs> snap, what is it? Um, Dave Kurt put it on the uh, my little uh, sticky notes. Uh, snappy tunes, catchy album covers. Or it's the oh, other way around. Right, right. Sexy, sexy album covers, catchy tunes, sexy album covers. Right, that's right. But yeah, I mean, what else did uh, I'm just trying to think? Because they, they did come back. Shake it up. I remember. I mean, that was fucking. Oh, it also had this one, right? And so it did them. I mean, this is a legendary. This is how the album starts. I don't know who produced this album, do you? Which one? Shake It Up. I didn't tell you. I don't think it was Roy Thomas Baker. And Mutt Lang came in only on the next one. And this, after this one, they took a four-year hiatus. <coughs> I think Roy Thomas Baker did this one. Oh, he did? Yeah. So he did the first four? No, I think he didn't do... He didn't do Panorama. Right. So, so then they, like Weezer, they bought him back. They're like, uh-oh, we better get that guy back think so no he actually did all four he did panorama yeah too? Oh, wow. which is weird right well i like we we both said we like panorama yeah but i mean what's better than this this song i mean this is the coolest beat i had ever heard yeah no it's super catchy at this time i just i had never heard anything like this before it's true the, the only thing you could complain about is the video. They're just mixing drinks while driving. So that was probably an issue. Huh? Right. But yeah, I've always liked this song. I just It reminds me of a time of my life, I guess, or something. I think this is a cool song. Oh, yeah, this is a good song. Although it also sounds like, what's that other? There's another song with that. It's a, it's a police song, right? Yes, spirits in the material world. Right. Is right. that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love those keyboards. <laughs> it does take a little while to get going, I guess. <laughs> And this is the one. Uh, this is the one I used to open my show to for a long time. This one. Yeah, I used it for like four months. Yeah, it's the night fly, everybody. I'm Dave Juskow. How are you? <laughs> yeah. So I've always liked this album, you know. Hey, 
anyway, um, shit. I mean, it's just, uh, I, just I mean, I, at first, I still can't believe he's, he was 75. But still, I mean, you know, if I'm still alive, the way, even what I just had last night, and by the way, folks, I went out to dinner with Artie Lang last night, and David Tell, and Russ Maneev, and we had a steak dinner, and Artie <laughs> looked great. He looks great. You've probably seen some Instagram photos. He looked terrific. Um, he lost a lot of weight. I was probably the fattest one there. Wait, that and, was... And I overate, as usual. And um, But it was fun, and Artie was really funny and making me laugh. No wonder he likes me. I'm like a fucking great audience for <laughs> everything <laughs> he does makes me giggle. And um, he was funny, and he seemed really good and in a good place. I mean, for now, I guess we'll see. It's very early going, but it was great. So great to see him. And uh, I'm just so glad he slimmed down. He really looked good because, you know, I'd seen him when it was just really yeah, bad. Yeah. His pants were falling down and everything. Like, uh, So this was really good. And, we, you know, he's very open about everything that's happened. So What's he doing? Like, does he have any Well, the problem is um, a lot of us don't want him to do anything. Right. You know, until I'm saying until January 1st. I want him to take the fall off. Right. Stay at home. Maybe go have these little dinners. Um, you know, with friends or whatever, or whoever's left, uh, <laughs> friendly wise, uh, don't do comedy. I mean, I know he's got to do comedy. He's got to brush up, do a couple of gigs, maybe, but don't tour yet. Right. But he's already setting up tours. It's making me very worried. I think a lot of people are worried. He needs to make some money, so I understand. But I really wish he would take a little bit more time off. I think people are a little worried, especially when he goes back to the old haunts where he used to sure. get drugs sure. or something. So I don't know. I mean, he's still funny, and I'm sure he'll still be great. Um, you know, just a little worried. That's all. I just right. want everything to work out this time. It's just he's such a lovely guy. And um, I was just happy to go out with him. It was really cool. That's... And I had a point to the story, and now I don't remember what it was. Um, I wanted to ask you um, the puppet's name again. Jimmy? Jimmy? Yeah. So, you know, Rick had that song, Jimmy, Jimmy, on Beatitude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe Beatitude. that's the puppet is from that. All right. So album. we really are on fire then with that. So that's on pretty frozen good. Frozen fire. Yeah. yeah. Frozen fire. Um, Jimmy, I am not going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Wait, what was the. Uh, I had a point to the story about Rick Ocasek. Everything you say is. That's a good point. You're doing lines again. I am doing lines. I played this. Have you ever heard this one? I played this a couple weeks ago. It's just so... Oh, that's what I was saying about him 75. I eat so bad. I should be dead now. Right. This guy was in... He was... Well, apparently he had some surgery, which I... That's new information. Uh, and he died of something... You know, I guess that something went bad. Right. Or something. Yeah, didn't, I was trying to figure out what exactly happened, but I guess he just didn't recover well. Yeah, he didn't recover well. But it's just so funny to be thin and be thin your whole life and pretty much being pretty healthy right i don't see him going to jolly bee and you know <laughs> eating the uh spaghetti with cut up hot dogs uh it seems like you're i don't think he i don't remember seeing him smoke right um i'm pretty sure i'm positive that's how any money died um I, right. I was just telling a story last week how i remember him on letterman um coming hey any money and the band starts playing the song and he takes a puff of the cigarette throws it away and then starts singing and i'm like oh my god <laughs> that's when you're addicted to cigarettes right um but this is a song i was playing the other day because it's on this soundtrack which is of uh, mad about the mouse a disney song mm -hmm. and everyone sucks i remember that album except for rick okasic's version of zippity doo <laughs> it's so good 
And I don't know why everybody else couldn't do a good version. <laughs> I can't even believe they asked him, but I guess maybe this was... Um, I looked at what year it was, and I think it... I, I, I don't even know whether why they thought of him. Because I think I, it was well, later. I don't think it was... Oh, really? It was... Yeah. This is so good. The other stuff in the album is so yeah, yeah. horrible. But even the title fits one of his songs, right? He would have... It's like... It's like Tata Weo Weo. Right. He sounds good in it. I like his voice sounds really good in this one. It sounds nice and clean. Yeah. And he sounds young. Right. <laughs> Good, right? Yeah, I gotta find that song. Yeah, it's really that's a really good one. Um, here and then I, uh, I guess I have the the song I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we're um, that's where we're closing the show. No, we are not closing the show. We're close to it, but uh, yeah, this is the one that uh, I wrote for Turbocharge. If you haven't heard it before, I wrote because we couldn't get the rights to their songs, so I just wrote my own that they sing at Live Aid. You don't even hear it because we talk over it. <laughs> I tried to do the best I can. No, this is good. She was a girl. That's me. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, yeah, though, right? Good. When I think about it. I remember there's one point where I go. Um, to a place that he usually doesn't go and she goes but your voice sounds too good there right <laughs> and she's no right and I think we had it's I think we did it just the right way I think we should release it now on iTunes there you we go we even have the background, right? you know, right. the Ben Orr and the rest of the band. Well, right. I think I get the lyrics right too, kind of. Yeah. They're not as out there. Still turn style. So wait, where did you record this? Where did you do the actual? Did Eric? Did you record it with Eric? No, um, I recorded it with uh, Bob Golden. And I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Here comes the chorus. I think this is the part my sister didn't like. It's too hot. He doesn't. That was the one she was like, he doesn't sing like that. <laughs> He would have talked through that part instead right. of going to that higher right. note. Right. And then we even had the Elliot Easton solo, you know? This right. guy was great. He came in. I was like, can you do something like this? I was comparing it to Tonight She Comes at the time. Right. How did you do it? How did you do it? That's Eric Barrios doing the... Right. Because I have the original one. Oh, wait. I'll play it for you. I have the original. I just found it today. The original one that the guy made, 
this guy was crazy. We went over to my friend Bob Golden did the music. For, I wrote the the song and everything and and all the the sheet music and everything or whatever. However, I write sheet music, and then I bought it to my friend Bob Golden who wrote the theme to. Um, Besides being a, a studio musician for a bunch of stuff, he wrote David Tell's Insomniac theme, right? And you know a bunch of other TV show stuff. Uh, so he was able to do it in the studio, right on forty. His house, he has his own studio right. inside, but um, he wasn't able to finish it because it was he was busy, and I wasn't giving him any money. Right. I think I gave him a hundred bucks, right. and so then Eric was kind enough to get the background vocals right because he knew exactly what I needed. Right, Bob was knew just close enough. Yeah, exactly. But he had the keyboards ready and. Um, it was it was really great. Wait, let me see because I had it. How did you? Um, the the original guy was crazy. He's like, no, 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 we're gonna do it again. Um, like he, he, Bob and I were laughing so hard. I mean, this guy was insane. He was out of his mind. Um, oh damn, I don't know where it's located. I just saw it earlier. Is it under music? Hold on a second, folks. I, I, it'll be worth it because this guy. We should plug Eric because he still makes music in Boston. He he still put out. Oh yeah, yeah. Album. So Eric Barrio, right? Yeah, he well, he's he's great, and yeah, not only um, did he, you know, fix this song, but he also wrote um, the score. The the score, yeah. He we we used. Uh, he had an album. Uh, the, the the band that's being pretending to be Weezer with Memo as the drummer. Um, we're using one of Eric Barrio's songs right. called Coffee Shop Girl, which, I mean, we loved, right? I mean, right. it was so good. Um, here it is. Wait, this is... Uh, is this the one? Yeah. And he did just, like, bits. Well, this was the, the rough cut. Stop nice she was. Her blood, you know. I gotta get to that guy. He made it. He kept. Make me it, it wasn't. He didn't understand. Right. And when the feeling. Man, I'm trying to get. How did you know? How did you know? You know how to press the buttons that make me go. Well, he just pitched his voice down. I know, and he was crazy, and I'm like, no, that's not how it go. That's not how it. Right. That's not the cars. Right. That's that's not going to work. And he just wouldn't listen. Right. <laughs> that's why Bob and I were laughing hysterically. <laughs> so I knew. So Eric, think. I mean, he single handedly saved it. Right. Because I mean, that stinks. Right. You know. <laughs> but he was just so. He just that's all he wanted to do is just keep doing um, harmonies. And, <laughs> but it sounds like. And the- when the feeling fades behind your eyes, it's true. Sounds like oh. the Keebler Elves singing. It sounds more like the King family, like you know, like a, one of those right. family, you know, right. country. Uh, right. Yeah, it's so weird, right? Um, interesting. Yeah. Oh, and here's here's the other one that um, the one that Eric wrote, which was the green screen song. Um. No, that one's ridiculous. I thought it was good. You <laughs> no, know it I mean? is good. But, you know, it's like, hey, Mr. Greenscreen is such a... I mean, ridiculous in the same way that we have a snowman I think narrating the, the right Cars one. movie. Oh, maybe this... I don't think this is the one we used in the movie. Oh, yes. It, oh, I guess it is. Yeah. If you don't like me right, you're gonna look real dumb. How it all begun. Then you're 
episode one. <laughs> oh, that's what Freezy talks. Right. right. Hey. I guess he talks for quite a while. I might have edited that. Oh, this is Eric Paris. He's terrific, isn't he? He's so good. And this is where we have the Cars puppets singing, which is in the uh, the poster they made for us. Right. I love it. It's so cool. The idea that there's a song about green screen, the history of green screens, <laughs> is like in the cards. That's when you know you've really hit pay dirt in uh, motion it's picture hilarious. history, and uh, it is hilarious. But I mean, we really had a good time. I mean, it 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 it's fun. It's uh, I don't know. I think it's really a, it's a it's a fun movie, and um, so anyway, we're gonna put it out, and um, I don't know, maybe even October first. Yes, I know everybody's been finally. wanting to see it. Yes. Finally, after all these years, we're, it's gonna be on Amazon Prime, and um, and possibly iTunes as well. I will give you more information uh, as the week progresses or whatever, and you will finally all be able to see it. And I might, I'm trying to put together a screening as well because why not? Let's just go yeah. for it now. There's no reason we're never gonna have this opportunity again. Uh, you know, Rick Ocasek dying is the the only way to put it out now. Otherwise, it just won't make any sense. So yeah, this is it. Finally, the world has been waiting. <laughs> yeah, they've been waiting. I, I just told Shannon I was doing this. Shannon, who helped us film. That's right. She moved to Seattle after the movie. She was like, I got to move far away yes, from this. It got to get out. Of, and and Trudeau moved to Ithaca. Everybody left. Nobody could live here after yeah. that movie. They were embarrassed. You can't blame <laughs> them. We got kicked out of town. We got kicked out of all the places we filmed. And they were getting, you know, people on the street would be harassing him. But she, she, I told her, you know, we might actually release it now that he. Oh, she texted me. She's like, Rick Ocasek died. Right. You got all the texts too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. them all. You, you, I got them from. Right. Other people, you got them from the other people. Right. Like, I don't think anybody texts us the same. I don't Perhaps think the same not. person texted us at all. I right. mean, I can't believe we didn't get a text from Trudeau or oh, Gabor like or something or Gabor's or something. wife or something. You know, people that. <laughs> Gabor, I'm surprised. You're right. Yeah. Um, but she was like, I was like, yeah, we might finally, who knows, maybe we'll finally release it now. And she was like, you haven't released. She was shocked. That, she's like, wait, you never released that movie? Well, where did she think it was going to be released? I have no idea. In the movie theater? <laughs> you know, we did get, we did win a thing in that festival on the Los Angeles uh, festival. <laughs> so we're going to put that in the, uh, right. you know, like. With w- the little, like. Uh, yeah, the little leaf. <laughs> what little are the things. Yeah. What is that? Palm Day. Uh, Palm de or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, we sent it over to Cannes Film Festival, and uh, they just were not interested, and I don't understand. <laughs> Senator! <laughs> how dare you? Why did you vote yes on Proposition 4? <laughs> Which, by the way, folks, that particular line, I ripped that completely. Half of the lines are written from other movies and TV shows. I promise you, I had a long talk with Donna about this, uh, of how, you know, when I write in the movie... There's stuff from stuff you could never imagine. I mean, nobody would know it's ripped off. This that that particular line is. Ripped, I think it's an SCTV thing. I ripped off <laughs> um, that particular line. I'm talking right. about it's a single line. Yeah, I just get it. Rip off from other shows. 
Um, there's uh, stuff from Bosom Buddies in there. There's definitely. I, <laughs> I didn't I, even know that. I one. could go through the. Well, well, you know what we need to do after we release the movie. You and I need to do the. Do the yeah, we got to do the director's commentary, <laughs> and we'll sit here and we'll watch the movie together, and we'll we'll do it, and we'll just air it because uh, we that, have to. Is we that part to. of like Amazon Prime? Can you like have a secondary track? I don't know. Like, I, have, should, I didn't. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm doing more research today, but uh, I just uh, put that together today, and then. Yeah, and then we can go over and I can tell you where each line is from and how I came up with it, and I, you will be <laughs> amazed like, this guy is a moron. Uh, I mean, it is fascinating to where it all comes up. And like I said with... So I was talking the other day about um, Eddie Money, and when I was doing my Willy Wonka rock opera, right. uh, I wrote this one song, which I was going to play um, next week, maybe, you know, or something, because I found it, um, and it was about the Veruca Salt, and the lyrics go, she's on a whirlwind tear tonight, and she's probably going to get me into a fight. And I just, like, I remember I was just like, no, it's like an Eddie Money song. I remember just thinking, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to make it like an Eddie Money song. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a lyric Eddie Money would use. Right. She'll probably get me into a fight, you know? like. <laughs> right. and, so it's like with this, I remember with the uh, How Did You Do It song, it was definitely half of um, Tonight She Comes from the Cars, and then for some reason, Door to Door, the the, the song um, You Are the Girl. Right. Although I don't see anything in it, but I think I was just obsessed with that song at the time. I was thinking of it for some reason. I don't know why. That song is so weird. I'll, I'll play it for you now for a second. It's such a... It's not a... It's weird. It's not a good Cars song, but I love it. I, I don't know why. Um, do you know it? Uh, it's from their last album. Yeah, I know. You mean... Yeah. You know that song, You Are the Girl. Yeah, it's like it was a big hit. Was it a big hit? I don't know if it was a big hit, but it was like, you know, it was, I guess it was. Yeah. Yeah. That when you, when I heard your song, I thought it was You Are the Girl. Like, I, you can hear that this song in your song. Oh, you can? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was obvious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, so I combined the two kind of songs in my head. And, uh, yeah. But I always liked this song a lot. Watch. And this album did horrible. I saw the tour for this album, and boy, <laughs> were they bad. And I remember I was with my friend Mike Royce, who's the um, when the, he was the producer of uh, the Spanish version of One Day at a Time. Right. And uh, <laughs> we went together, and he's like, "That was so stupid." Like he liked the cars too, but they came out with a robot. I'll never forget. It was a giant robot with a flashlight, and he's like, "That's what they. That's all they got." <laughs> it was so stupid. It looked like a Spinal Tap episode. <laughs> they were like trying so hard. Again, this was all formulating in my head. From like, right. well, someday, right. you know, and and it's just so stupid. They were, just, and this is after Live Aid, so I'd already been thinking of the idea. Right. But when that robot came out, it looked they were trying so hard, and they just sat there and sang, and they were so dull. They never moved, and I totally enjoyed it because I was high, and they played the music loud, and uh, it was hit after hit. Right. So. I didn't care about the stage show, right. but I just remember that it looked like they were trying so hard. <laughs> and I swear, if we had a budget on this film, I would have gotten that giant robot. <laughs> and it would have been, because it was so stupid. <laughs> it didn't make any sense why that giant robot came out. But I like this song. I like it also when it gets to the end. Um, it, there's a key change, I think. I think it's a key change. Oh, let's see. How did you do it? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's the chorus right there. So I totally, yeah. How did you know? Twist. Right. No, this is a great song. I like this song. Here, right, there it goes. Yeah, I mean. 
I think that's what the guitar goes. You are the girl. You are the girl. Right. Did I miss it? Oh. No, there it is. You are the girl. I like that it ends like with that little LED stim thing at the end and stuff. Yeah, and no, that's totally. If you like the first verse, like you could put your lyrics over. Like it's very. This yeah, is I guess very you're right. Much, so it was that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I remember when I I told Donna, I was like, you know, it's a combination between um, "You Are the Girl" and "Tonight She Comes." Right. Because the guitar solo is totally "Tonight She Comes." Right. Uh, so that was the combination. But I wasn't sure after I I can't hear it myself. But when you were just saying it, meanwhile on this last album, I've been playing this song nonstop. I played it on my little song. I I I like it. I like that it just. Uh, this is in my head every day now. This doesn't seem like the cars. I think that's why I, I, it's, I thought it was interesting. I had never, I hadn't heard it in many years. It just seemed, it kind of rocks a little bit more than normal. And with that, you know, with that layered guitar that like he would use for Weezer later. Right, right. And it does seem like a throwaway song that, um, I don't know, I... I don't know. I Interestingly like enough, uh, Benor sang on like half the songs in this album. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's it. That is interesting. I didn't know that. I thought that was. Uh, was I guess they didn't care. I don't think this. I think people didn't like that album because I guess you know. I guess they were done, and yeah. I guess they were fighting, and or though maybe Rick just didn't want to be involved anymore, and he was right. just he's like, I really don't want to do any other Cars album. But how could you not? After Heartbeat City, but many bands have, I mean, the police did that after Synchronicity and right. everything, but they hated each other. They did. Um, which is, again, we've talked about before because it's so ridiculous to hate Sting. <laughs> you know, it's like we've, we've talked, you and I have talked about this before because we, we'd like, I'd like to do a police one just like we did <laughs> the Cars hilarious. one. Yeah. Where, you know, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Stuart um, Copeland. Stu Copeland is just so angry at Rick Ocasek and you're just like, shut up. <laughs> You know how lucky you are you found Sting, dummy? <laughs> Just shut up and let him do what he does. Be but, grateful you're in the band at all. Yeah, but I don't think that, like, that's, with the police, it's different, though. Because, first of all, Sting was an arrogant asshole. And yeah, I know, stand but, him. yeah, but he's, so, but like, he's like God. He but they like, would always, they would always, like, acknowledge that. They were like, we hated the guy, but he wrote great songs. He came right? in with synchronicity already written. <laughs> Wouldn't you just be there? I'm so great. I'm involved with this band. I <laughs> no, can't I, believe he's letting me play on it. I was like, I know, but I mean, that, but that's, think about this. That's how big of an asshole he was that even though they knew how good he was they would rather not have to work wow. with him anymore you know because it's a, funny that they wouldn't get together now again it seems like they must have well like, didn't they no but like why not make a new album oh you, yeah what, wouldn't what that be why great not? why not well, what are you doing yeah it would be they, they still can't get along <laughs> <laughs> well both of them do tons of music i mean oh like, i know they do they're I'm like saying. Busy. what happened to andy summers he does he does a lot of music he, did, he put out this like brazilian jazz album a couple <laughs> years ago <laughs> no wonder they don't want to get along jesus christ what a fucking mess no they're all good that's the thing they're all really talented but um so anyway i feel like i um had other things to say but i can't think of a damn thing to you do you have something else uh, you are you say? gonna do anything from from the last cars album i just did oh the blue tip oh no move like move this. like this nah um, I, I, I thought playing the new Cars album was funnier than <laughs> well, the Blue. I was going to open with Blue Tip, like you know, but uh, right, right. Nah, we'll be okay. I think. <laughs> um, was there anything else you wanted to add in? I mean, 
Like, we, we didn't really have anything prepared, folks. You know, like, no. I just, like, it, it really was an emergency podcast. Yeah. I called Memo on Sunday. I'm like, we have to do something. And, um, you know, because he was kind of interesting and great. And th- like I was saying at the, uh, when I started singing, you might think at the show on Monday, I was like, maybe I do like him more than I said. You because know, at first I was just like, <laughs> well, I'm not his friend. I don't right. know why people are saying sorry for your loss. But it turns out he did mean a lot to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We more were- than I thought. It's true. Um, it was touch and go for a little while, but so you're he, still doing that. Still doing the <laughs> no, bit, no, huh? he's, uh, <laughs> he's no. It's great. The cars are great. I mean, it's uh, you know, I grew up in Boston, so it was like they were right. like a hometown. Which again, still doesn't as we uh, depict in the show. It doesn't right. make any sense because he's from Baltimore, right? I'm Baltimore, right? <laughs> and it's just that's the worst actor. That guy, David. Uh, what's his name? The guy that married that girl that I was going out with, David Robinson. No. Wait, what? David Engel. Oh, oh, oh. He's such a horrible actor. He's like, but that was perfect. He was perfect, though. He was good. Rick, (laughs) Brent won't let me help him put it in the car. The cars, of course. (laughs) I mean, that's all, that's every one of these rock documentaries is the same thing. The cars, of course. (laughs) I mean, one thing I was, like, I thought, I always thought John Jordan was just overdoing it. Yeah. Until I saw Greg Hawks. Hawks. And I was like, wait a minute, he's actually, like, underdoing it. He did his work. He did his work. He (laughs) He did his work. And it was funny. And then, of course, as you know, we had um, the brother of Elliot Easton at our uh, premiere. And he hated the what we did to his brother. He did. Because not only is he a legendary, underrated guitarist, and everybody knows it who knows him, but then we made him a really bad stand-up comic at the end, which is hilarious. And there's the scene where he's doing stand-up, and Ben Orr, because he's just making fun of Rick, and Ben Orr is crying, laughing, and he, oh, yes! Yes! And then Greg Hawks gets uh, hit by a tomato, and it's, uh, well, if that doesn't make you laugh, then I don't know what to do I anymore. mean, the, the only funny thing about that is that you only wrote that scene to make John Jordan get hit by a tomato, and we had to do it, like, multiple well, times. Well, don't tell him that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he listened to the podcast, but I, I think he knew anyway. Of course. He was game for <laughs> no, it. No, no, we just got to do it three more times. Don't worry about it. It's okay. That's just a tomato. It's not going to hurt. Don't worry about it. Anyway, um, thanks, everybody, for listening. I guess uh, I'll probably do the Rachel Marina podcast next week unless I, I, there's another announcement I got to make or something. But I'm planning stuff. I'm planning stuff. We'll get it together. Thanks for listening. I hope this was just okay. Like I said, it wasn't totally prepared. But uh, Rick Ocasek, RIP. He yeah. was great. And... Uh, We'll put the movie out, and you'll see what we—you'll see how we humiliate him in death. Uh, but that's the nightfly for today, folks. It's and exciting. we'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time of the Jewish holiday. Uh, all right. Thank Magic. you, Memo. Thank you so much for coming today. <laughs> <laughs>